This is the Truth Network. Bible Wonders of Habakkuk. The desire of the hoof verse. <laughs> the 11th verse of the second chapter of Habakkuk. And oh my goodness, the desire I'm sure you can see in this particular verse. And then there's so much to talk about in such a short verse. It's just beautiful. It says, For the stone shall cry out of the wall, and the beam of the timber shall answer it. Of course, that's the English translation of it. And so, you know, immediately, you know, when I read that verse, it just jumped out of my mind. You know, there was one time where the wall did cry out, and it was certainly, you know, what Habakkuk was describing as the Chaldeans, or obviously Nebuchadnezzar's son, Belshazzar, you know, he was the one that many, many Teco Parsons or Eupharsons, depending on how you want to say it. And uh, <laughs> so it would appear that that's what this is talking about. However, interestingly, I found it tremendously interesting that Rashi makes no mention of it at all. And one thing he would note is that that the uh, the Jewish translation of this, or certainly Rashi's translation of it, does not say the beam out of the timber, but the chip, like a chip off the block out of the timber should answer it. And then even more fascinating for me, uh, Matthew Henry made no mention of the writing on the wall, um, which I thought was also interesting. And then I, so I said, hmm, I wonder if there's other commentators. So I looked at a couple more and they didn't mention the writing on the wall, but to me, this is just obvious. But so I decided I needed to study this more because if these guys think this, then maybe I'm missing something. Well, I found something that I think is absolutely spectacular. Again, the idea of the hoof has to do with this desire. And you can see that the wall is certainly offended based on all the stuff that has gone on. And so it is crying out. And then it is being answered by something that when you look at the word, it is a hoof. Again, <laughs> interestingly, uh, the, the number of the letter of this particular verse, a hoof, and then a pay, and then a yud, and then a samic. And so that's that word that is translated a beam out of the timber or the chip out of the block. And when you look at that in the concordance, it says that the meaning of the word is dubious. In other words, they don't know what that word means. Well, let me help them out. <laughs> that's pretty bold of me, I know. But I studied it. I mean, I don't know how nobody has seen this before, but maybe they have, and I don't know. But anyway, when you look at that word beam, like I said, there's a the, there's a hoof, meaning here's the desire of this, essentially, the letter pay has to do with the face or the mouth of God, and, and often it has to do with speaking of judgment, which is obviously what's going on here. And when you look at the, you know, in Daniel chapter 5, and you go through all the details of what happened with Belshazzar there, it says that he saw the part of the hand that was writing on the wall. And you might remember that it wrote on the wall after they brought out, you know, the items from the temple and they were drinking wine, you know, out of the chalices that were right out of the temple and all that. And so here comes this part of a hand and it's going to write on this wall. Well, that part of the hand is exactly, is a pay and a somic, right? And, and so I, to me, it, it seems like, well, okay, well, you put the, the, the desire of the pay of the hand is writing on this wall. I mean, it just it seems pretty clear. Um, again, I, you know, it's, you know, this is my supposition since nobody says they know what this word means. 
but you've got a obviously a hoof, which means desire, a pay, which you know clearly is what both it says that Belshazzar saw, but also interestingly, when Daniel says, you know, and he's pr- pronouncing the judgment on him after he interprets the many, many Teko Eupharsons, then he says that the part of the hand that you saw, again, he uses that exact same pay in a psalmic. Well, the psalmic is that letter that caused King David to tremble. And clearly we can see Belshazzar's knees were literally knocking after he read this, this particular letter. And, and if you go look at the whole psalmic section of the 119th Psalm, you can see this. And, and to me, it's, it's an absolutely beautiful connection of here it is. It's, it's literally the hand of God, okay? And, and to me, there's also a connection to possibly, you know, because there's not too many times that the hand of God writes. Obviously, he did it when he wrote the Ten Commandments. And he did it again when the when they caught the woman in adultery, right? He he wrote in the sand, and you can't help but wonder if he didn't write something like many many Tekka Eupharsin. But anyway, to get into that, and I think it's important, and when you study this verse, to, to go back and look at what happened with Daniel, and, and and see that what had happened clearly is that the stones had cried out, and God told him, you know, just like when he was in the triumphal entry, he said. You know, you can keep quiet, but the stones are going to cry out. And so here, this again, Habakkuk is sharing what he knows is that we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, one of which is the walls and the stones in the wall. And they will cry out because all our ways are before thee, right? I love that verse in the 119th Psalm. It's the last verse actually in the Shin section. It says, you know, I will, I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies for all my ways are before thee, but it's also before everything. And, and so the, the stones will cry out. And then the neat thing is that hand, this palm that answered clearly, and that's what it did. It answered the stone because it knew that, that there had to be a judgment that was going to be proclaimed. <laughs> and so it wrote many, many, which means it's actually the word mina. And, and you know, that, that's a coin, um, that it, that you could you know sometimes hear about the minas you know the parable of the minas and that kind of thing, it was a coin and so with you you're putting these coins on this on this scale and so many many when he says you you've been weighed and that that you know tekel is the idea of weighed so many many in other words here we have this this idea how much weight you've put on the scale and clearly all the stuff that you've done and, and found wanting in other words and now. The, the farce is, is a really cool word, which again has that pay, <laughs> which also has a race in it, all right? And I do love what Rashi teaches on that, is that, that when you think of the word Persia, that you can hear the P and you can hear the race, right? And that he says that, that you're, you've been weighed and found wanting and you're going to be given into the Persian's hands, which is exactly what happened that night. Um, you can see that 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 pay meaning again <laughs> the judgment that happened to Belshazzar that night, and then a rash, you know, is is that sound in in of or it means the head, but it's interesting the head of the pay is now going to bring Persia, uh, which I find the whole thing very fascinating. But again, it, you know, whether it's the chip off the old block, which I'm sure that Jesus is a chip off the old block, and he's going to be the one that answers the the wall. Or, or whether or not that's the beam, you know, it could be, um, and which, by the way, that, that wood is clearly, to me, a, a picture of the cross or the branch. Um, 
that that is described because it does say that that the that that part of the branch but to me it's the hand of the branch that is was describing or the part of the hand of the branch that wrote on the wall for um Belshazzar but nonetheless there is definitely the word branch also in the verse because uh, uh, you know to me clearly anytime you find um Jesus that you can find this concept of righteousness and he's the branch and that's always connected you know to the sacrifice and those things it's just absolutely beautiful so you know there's a lot to think about in these short words but the real thing is what does this look like in your life right and so i couldn't help but note this morning um that all your ways are before god in other words he he the stones are going to cry out, no matter what, that even if you don't know, if anybody sees what's going on, God sees it, okay? And the perfect example of this for me is, you know, a number of years ago when I first started doing the Christian Car Guy show, it's about the time that, that um, General Motors went broke. And, and when they did, I wrote an article at ChristianCarGuy.com, essentially how to save General Motors. And Fox News picked that up through a publicist that we had employed, and they asked me to come on and speak on that on the Fox and Friends, you know, and they actually flew me to New York. It was a beautiful thing. And I went up there and, and right in there in Rockefeller Center myself, I couldn't believe it, <laughs> got on national TV and talked about how to say General Motors, which, by the way, if, if you look under my name, Robbie at ChristianCarGuy.com, you can see that interview if you want to see what I said. But nonetheless, I had prayed and prayed because it was certainly the biggest platform I'd been ever given, and I was so much wanted to witness for Jesus in some way, shape, or form. But I was so nervous because I'd never been on that kind of platform before, and I did not expect in any way, shape, or form to be somewhat attacked. And you can't see it um, from the angle of the, of the camera that they had on me and had on the people asking me, but if you'd have seen the look on those people's eyes when they came after me for my ideas— um, they were clearly almost angry with me. Um, and it, and it kind of shook me out of my, you know, so I was just kind of went completely on the defensive and, and I didn't get said completely what I wanted to get said. I didn't think, okay, this was my response to the whole thing. Cause what I wanted to do is in some way or another, turn the thing back to Jesus and talk about how God had the answer for General Motors and us, but that didn't happen. And so when I got off the set of the show and I, went back to the hotel with my wife, I just I just bawled like a baby. And I just felt like I'd let God down horribly, like I've never let him down before. And I was just so ashamed of myself, weeping horribly. And I had a laptop there, and I went and checked my email. And one of my listeners had sent me an email that his girlfriend had seen the interview, and she told him that she could see Jesus in my eyes. And I've never forgotten, I mean, here I was at this place of like, I've just totally blown this. But little did I know that clearly you are always reflecting God in some way for those people who have eyes to see it. And those people that don't have eyes to see it are not going to see it. And I'm not talking about anything that was of me. I was like, you know, apart from me, my, your goodness is nothing according, you know, to the 16th Psalm. I love that. And so, but you see, you are part of him, and so his goodness does shine through you even when you don't think it is. And so, you know, like the stones are going to cry out. They're, they're witnesses to everything. And all this stuff, you know, God knows your heart, and, and, and the witnesses are paying attention, 
and so, you know, it's really cool to know that even though it may look like all sorts of things, you know, the, at some point in time, the stones will cry out and the hand is going to come right <laughs> if necessary. And that hand, I'm just saying, if you just think of the idea and the power, if you know Hebrew a little bit, you know the power of a pay and a psalmic is extremely, like, man, it would cause some serious damage, all right? <laughs> if that's the hand of being spoken out by God in judgment, like, oh, my goodness. Um, which is clearly what happened to poor Belshazzar that night because he hadn't humbled himself. And, and so you can see that so much of what Habakkuk is teaching here <laughs> is what happens when we live in our own strength versus living in God's strength. And again, <laughs> you know, I just, I just love that, um, the, the, that, again, that fourth verse where it says, you know, the soul of the, this one is puffed up versus the righteous will live by faith. And I hope you can see that in this verse. It seems so clear and so beautifully written. Uh, amazing how God's work works. And to me, it just continues to be amazing how the Hebrew letters, in other words, the order of this and how this comes out so clearly as the hoof verse to me, or at least what God is teaching me in this season. So thank you so much for listening, sharing this adventure with us again. I would I would um, pray that if you got some light out of this um, and there's somebody that you might want to share that with, that studied that same kind of thing, you know, take the time to share it with them and, and say, listen to this, man. This is, this is some stuff I hadn't seen before. But thanks for listening. God bless. God bless.